America's favorite uncles have a date with danger. We are the SpyFi Guys, and this is The Man from Uncle. Welcome to the SpyFi Guys, where we cover spy facts, spy fiction, and everything in between. I'm Christian. And I'm Zach. And welcome back to our swinging 60s spy summer. All this summer, we'll be breaking with our usual formula to cover exclusively fictional spy movies and TV shows made or set during the golden age of spy cinema, the 1960s. So grab your go-go boots and put on your ascots. It's time to get groovy. And this week, we have The Man from UNCLE, which is a TV show that I have heard a lot about but have never seen. And to join us on this coverage of a single episode of The Man from UNCLE, we have two guest stars. So we have returning guest star, Carolyn. Hello. And we've got a first-time guest on the show, Kelly, who is a big fan of this show. Hi, <laughs> excited to join you guys today. You have seen most of this show, in my understanding. Yes, that's right. It used to be, I think it was free when I was in college, uh, you know, when Hulu used to be free back in 2008. And I watched most of the episodes, probably skipped a few of the boring ones, but... Um, Really enjoyed it. Okay, so we're going to be looking to you to answer questions, of which I have yes. many. I have a few as well. The episode we watched is, what, season two? Episode 19. 19. That's correct. Oh, called The Waverly Ring Affair. And this is a recommendation by Kelly, because like Zach, I'd heard about the show. I've actually only seen the TV movie, which is like like a reunion show for them. The only reason I watch it is because it has the appearance of one George Lazenby as as a character called JB, driving around in a gadget-laden Aston Martin DB5. Basically, the only of course. Yeah, so it's like, all right, so it's sort of in the same universe, maybe potentially. <laughs> that and 2015 movie, my only exposure to the, the franchise. My only exposure to the franchise is that when we used to watch NCIS was that when I was in high school <laughs> right. and the medical examiner Ducky would come on and my mom would say, oh, he was in The Man from Uncle," Or I think she said he was The Man from Uncle," uh, which may or may not be the case, which actually brings me to something that I wanted to talk about, which is I have opinions. Okay. Namely, Uncle is not a cool name for an organization. <laughs> yeah, I was questioning uh, that too. That is not a cool word. <laughs> I think, and Kelly, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think this it was named as such so that you're just when you're talking about it, it wouldn't be so obvious that you're talking about a spy agency, and we'll see that later in the episode. Interesting and and kind of refreshing for the show. I was reading that the name of the show was not originally going to be Man from Uncle. Okay, okay. But I do have that in our spy fact for spy fiction section. Yeah. So here is your summary from Bill Koenig, <laughs> writing at IMDb. All right. He says. Thrush has a mole inside Uncle's New York headquarters. All signs point to George Dennell, a good-natured Uncle employee who envies enforcement agents such as Solo and Kuryakin. Dennell protests he is innocent, and Solo takes a big chance on George. Which leads me to my second question, which is, is is this George Dennell guy, has he been in the show before? I was going to ask the same thing. Kelly, do you know? I don't know. You know, it's really just the two of them that are main characters, and as well as uh, Mr. Waverly. Okay. So the other one's kind of blurred my memory. But. <laughs> That's interesting, because there were a lot of characters in this episode, a lot of good guys, a lot of bad guys. And so one of them betrays them later. And I was like, is she only in this one episode or is she in others? I mean, we could check IMDb to see if they were in other episodes. 
I'd rather ask our expert. Good point. Good point. Yeah, was is Carla a regular secretary in the show? That was that's my well. Question. So from what I remember, like there's a the characters really vary a lot from episode to episode, and okay. and they actually got a lot of different guest appearances because of that. You know, originally the show was really just going to be focused around Napoleon Solo. And actually, you know, Ilya didn't even get as much coverage. But as you see, like later, people love that buddy-buddy relationship between the right. two of them. So you start seeing him featured a lot more. But outside of that, there's not like a lot of reoccurring characters. Okay. okay. That is the one thing I did like about this. Like other spy shows, you'll have either you, you go solo, you have someone, <laughs> ironically enough, solo by themselves, or you'll have a team. But I liked how this is a, that dynamic between the two of them, which is pretty unique other than maybe, say, I Spy. Yeah, I was thinking about I Spy as well, because that one is very similar. And that one also came on a bit later. So maybe they took some of the hints from, from this that. show. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the episode. So we start off with a little bit of the, the man from Uncle Logo and a, just a snippet of the theme music. Two men enter a shop, one of whom... It takes me a while to realize it's Napoleon Solo, because... I've, well, when I look at him, I see yeah, uh, Kelly or anyone else. Have you ever seen the show Hustle? It was a British show. Yeah, but I don't remember him. He's the old guy. Okay. It's like him as a much older character, basically being Napoleon Solo, which I liked. Nice. Uh, I think it's all currently, I don't know up the time at the time that this released, but currently it's all on, I think, Amazon Prime. So if you get a chance, watch it. It's a British show. There's only like six episodes each season, and there's only like seven seasons. So you could get through that in like a week. Napoleon and this other guy enter the, sh- the shop, which looks like a convenience store slash like photo developing place. CVS. Yeah, like oh, a CVS, okay. basically. <laughs> and so they're both picking up some prints. Or like, you know, remember when they used to develop photographs and you had to wait however long to get them developed? Wasn't that long ago. My mom used to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so this reminded me of the part in The Prisoner where number six is going into the store and he's acting oh, all yeah. weird and suspicious. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that it's a trap, as Aaron Wackbar would say. <laughs> yeah, so Napoleon picks up his photos and then he watches as the other guy picks up his photos. And then he does basically a three-card well, he a three-card mount Monty with the envelopes, like doing the like the card shuffle. It's like if if you know three card shuffle or whatever. Sure, you don't know which one it is, but you definitely yeah. want to check at that point if you're just throwing around the photos everywhere. Self up as being kind of just some crazy loony guy, right? Because doesn't he read that <laughs> the, the, card, the, poem the card? The card, yeah. So I maybe he was hoping by making a big enough fool of himself. Yeah, it was a little bit of a silly intro, though, for sure. I think the show gets slightly more serious after that the episode, yeah. but. Yeah. He doesn't normally act like that while out in the field. Uh, I think it depends. Like the show, like, so I picked an episode from season two because the show still, it has like some funny episodes, but then it's got some more serious ones too. But then by season three, like it gets like pretty kind of more into the humorous abstract kind of stuff. Gotcha. Where, And so there'd be more of that kind of thing, I think, going on. Uh-huh. So this one's kind of in between the two, right? I think okay. there's some funny stuff, but it's also got a more like, straight spy line uh story plot right yeah all right i made christian uh have us re-watch that opening scene after we finished the episode because that was my first exposure to the show and i was like wait who are these characters what's going on <laughs> i don't understand so yeah, it was nice to watch it again at the beginning at the yeah. end rather um, it was interesting because like, okay, yeah they don't even try on. to intro the like the characters at all they just sort of go right in 
But I guess if it's like a later episode of like the second season, they kind of presume that you know who the characters are. Who too? You yes. would know the two main guys for sure. Everybody else gets kind of introduced, I think, right? Like, oh, this is a secretary. This is the, you know, George that works in the back. Because I was doing some Googling while we were talking, and I don't, like, I can't, I don't know that he does appear in another episode that I can see. I checked IMDb. It doesn't look like it. But yeah, so as he's doing the, like, the the switch with the packets, a woman who's also in the shop catches him and is like, I think you grabbed the wrong packet. And he's like, no, I'm pretty sure I have the right one. Ilya who I didn't notice in the shop before this point, comes up behind her and starts a fight with, like, the other guys. Yeah, it turns into, like, five people. Is it, like, five? There's a lot of people involved Should in the be. fight. I'm, well, so there's, yeah, so there's our two main characters. There's the other guy who's picking up the photos. There's the woman. I don't know if was she, I couldn't tell if she was in the fight, too. And then there's also the guy who was developing the photos. No, she had the gun. Oh, mm-hmm. oh that's right. She did have the gun, but I, I think she think got she like hit fighting. once and then was out. Yeah. Was down. <laughs> but also, like the quality of the film grain, like went way down once the fight started. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they didn't nice budget, so there's definitely Fair. some scenes like, I and mean, we can talk about it as we get further along too. But there's some scenes where you're like, okay, <laughs> we'll just imagine that that the setup's maybe a little fancier. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, so after that, we go into the main credit sequence and the theme. And like I said, my main reference point for the you know, Man from Uncle is going to be those two movies. And I was surprised, like I didn't, and we'll talk about this later, more later next week. But they didn't use the Man from Uncle theme in the movie at all, so I wasn't familiar with it. So, I was, but what I heard is like, oh, this kind of jazzy, it's kind of cool, very much of the time. That was one thing I remembered about the show was that it it felt like '60s, you know, like I think you know, and you see some of the like the decorations or some <laughs> of the the outfits people are wearing, like mm-hmm. I think more so than than some of the other spy shows. I feel like right. you, you know what time period you're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we go into the uncle base or uncle headquarters. And so yeah. they're going through all the different things. They keep talking about Project Windfall, which is apparently a project that Thrush, who is the main villain of uncle, it's like the specter to, you know, their James Bond. Yeah, except specter is a much cooler word. I mean, Thrush <laughs> is like, okay, it's better than uncle, but it's no specter. <laughs> I guess the syndicate for the Mission Impossible series. Or S.H.I.E.L.D. or something like that. S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hydra, yeah. So, yeah. of course, there's always a counterpart. They have a bunch of files in there, and they're talking, they talk really quickly about all these different things that they, uh, they apparently know about already. But they find one file that's an uncle file. The conclusion is that Thrush must have a man in uncle. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> what a twist. Apparently, it's never happened before. Well, there has been some break-ins before, actually, so... Okay. Maybe the security at uh, at headquarters needs to be enhanced. But... <laughs> Maybe a little. Well, that leads us to the next scene. Yeah, good transition. <laughs> so there's a nice scanning system that they have. That's So it took me a while to figure this out. So it's, it's not like a metal detector, but it looks like a metal detector, basically. <laughs> and it goes off, but it only goes off if you're bringing papers, special uncle-developed papers through that thing. Treated papers. Yes, treated. Thank you. And apparently they treat everything, like post-it notes, grocery lists, <laughs> everything gets treated. But I liked how it was an explanation of how they were able to detect paper with yeah. a machine. Mm-hmm. So I like that. But yeah, so, and the person who's explaining the system is George, who is, like we said, one of the characters here and seemingly doesn't appear in any other episode. But it's he's treated like he's always been there. Mm-hmm. And so they have a meeting with Waverly. 
Emily and George, and also the secretary, Carla. Yeah, they have this conversation here about how they think this George Dental guy is suspicious. And then when it's over and they've gone their separate ways, Napoleon Solo is told that he is in charge and he gets this thing called a Waverly Ring. Have these appeared before, Kelly? Do they appear again? What's the deal with these? Because they seemed, again, it's some, they're treated like something that we should know about already, but we don't. It's definitely a feature, uh, as far as I remember in other episodes. But I think it's supposed to be, you know, their sort of humorous way of the suicide pill. Or, okay. you know, the uh, need that if you're that top-level agent, that you're, you know, basically willing to, to sacrifice yourself if. If you need to, because you've got really access to really uh, private information, you know, but it's this sort of humorous way, right? The whole thing with the Waverly ring is that you put it on and then you can't take it off without the special key. Uh, Otherwise, you'll blow yourself up. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not just that. Yeah, Yeah, everyone else has to do what you say. But uh, so I was wondering about it, because when I first heard that, I thought it was like a hypnosis thing. But it's apparently just like a signal that you're in the know. Yeah. yeah, it's not like actually hypnotizing them. Yeah. I feel like it's like both. It signals that you're a high-level person, but mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe I'm just interpreting it this way, but my thought was also it's it's dangerous, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you're taking it on to, like, you're saying, like, that you're willing to mm-hmm. yeah to blow up those around you if it needs to be, which is kind of how they start using it later on, right? So. That's true, they do. People are exiting out of Uncle Headquarters, and the scanner's going off, or not, it's scanning them as they come through. And I like how he goes, like, the scanning text, like, having them go through one by one. It's like, ah, that reminds me of, like, going through an airport. Absolutely. Um, As they're going through, George is walking through, and the alarm goes off. He's like, hmm, I might have written down, like, my shopping list. Yeah, it's not going very well. Or they're like, we don't think that you necessarily did it, but we're still going to detrain you. So the detraining setup, it's like, so they sit him down at a desk and there's this like disc with this spiral pattern in it and it's spinning around and apparently there's a hypnotic beam and Ilya and Napoleon are like standing far back behind him. The lab tech reassures them that if you're standing at that, you might get a mild headache, but you won't get hypnotized. Like, okay, I I definitely thought it was like going to be something where they're going to accidentally get hypnotized. Mm. I had that thought too. Yeah, this scene was pretty interesting. It just went on a little too long. And during it, there's an ad break. And then when the ad breaks (laughs) over, they come back to it. It's strange. I mean, it could signify for them that it's actually been going a lot longer than we think, Mm. than we saw. They have them count and basically does like a Jedi mind trick sort of thing. You will not remember this. We will not remember that. Mm. (laughs) So he's going to forget. His his memory will be completely intact. And he'll remember that he worked for Uncle. But he won't remember... And he'll even remember names of people, but he won't remember what they actually did in the organization, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, that's a but pretty yeah. big memory gap. To like, what? How do you explain your entire job of however many years? You don't, because you don't remember. Seems like that could be a flaw in the future. Well, I feel like that's almost true to life. With like, if you're working in, the, in like, especially the CIA, I've read books where like people, if they're leaving the CIA, they can they can't explicitly list that on their resume. So they have this large gap and they sort of have to explain, all right, what were you doing this, during this whole time? My fiance made a point during this part that like, why is it that he still knows like where he works and who he, <laughs> like who he works with? Right. And I was like, oh, cause they didn't brainwash that part. And he was like, but why? But why? And, I, and you know, if you think about it, like 
it is a little bit silly, right? That they would yeah. want him to be running around talking about uncle in public like that. So that's okay. I mean, I guess they could have put him on an island with a big <laughs> balloon ball that keeps him from leaving. Yeah. That's also a solution. I guess they can't brainwash him to think something else. They can only brainwash him to forget things, you know? Because yeah. otherwise, I would think you would want to just brainwash him to think he worked at like a shoe shop or something. <laughs> As they're bringing uh, George out of the detraining room, uh, Napoleon asks him, I don't remember exactly what he asked him, like what procedures they hold on. And he takes these contact lenses, opaque contact lenses, out from his eyes. And he's able to accurately describe whatever system Napoleon is asking about. And so, surprise, he's not detrained. And they're going to send mm-hmm. him into Thrush as a double agent. Mm-hmm. It's risky because he could be the actual mole. So they're taking a risk to to send them in there. The next thing I have is more about the Waverly Rings. They command, quote, instant obedience. We've sort of been over that. And he goes to see Carla, and they talk about how she used to date George. They went on one date. Oh, is that it? Okay, yeah. Yeah. They're trying to set up a little bit of, like, competition between George and Napoleon. Since, like, I I guess a little background, since we've really never seen this George guy before. but Or Carla. (laughs) Or <laughs> Carla, but it seems like, like, like George wants to be an operate, like an, you know, in operations like they are versus his like technical job. So, right. And I'm glad you brought that up because I figured out at the end of the episode who George reminded me of, and it's Cyril Figgis, <laughs> Archer. I can see that. Yeah. That's totally who he is. Yeah. Right down to wanting this woman who doesn't love him or whatever. Napoleon talks to Carla who's heard about George and is like surprised and shocked. She even suggests maybe we need some new security protocols. And she's like, I, I feel bad because maybe I missed something in his file or something. Cause she's in charge of all the files apparently. Which makes me wonder how much she's responsible for, you know, she's kind of made out to be this lowly secretary, but if she's in charge of the entire clearance process, that's an important part. Yeah. That's a huge job. Maybe yeah. they mean secretary, like secretary of state. <laughs> Or the IMF secretary. <laughs> it's yeah. a time period, though, where women did a lot of the behind-the-scenes work at these types of agencies, right? right. But, Without any but of the it, credits. Yeah. What's that movie? Hidden Figures? No. Well, yeah. But yeah. I was thinking about that humorous movie more recently, the spy movie. Yeah. Is this called Spy? Is it Spy? Spy. Yeah. Oh. Where she's like the <laughs> operative in the background. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Cut that out. I just... That's <laughs> well, all right. I'm going to leave it in. Also... Napoleon asks Carla out to dinner and then says, oh, wait, no. And she agrees. And then she says, oh, wait, no, I've got a business appointment. That's so great. This next part's so great. We know that she's free for the night. Yes. Is what we learned out of that. I guess so. Yeah, that's a good good point. And so we find out that Waverly is going to Japan. Apparently that one of their, their agents there, Bradford, died. And so Waverly has to go for a day or two to make sure everything is set in place for their Japan branch, and he leaves Napoleon in charge. And Napoleon immediately gets comfortable. I don't know if you guys noticed that, like leaning <laughs> back did. in his chair. Yeah. <laughs> well, Napoleon nice. was in charge. That's why I thought it was weird. I guess he's like, not only is he in charge, but he has no checks on his power. <laughs> like just now. So George calls Carla and asks her to go to dinner because Napoleon canceled on her. We know she's free. But she's mm-hmm. first resistant because she's like, why are you even calling me? You left uncle and you were a traitor and all that. And then he's like convinces her 
because like oh, didn't we ever meet each anything to another? It was not like that. I was like, well, weren't we ever friends? Like, I guess so. <laughs> the eternal question: Are you really friends with your coworkers, or do you just have no choice <laughs> because you're around them all the time? Right. They were supposed to have lunch. It's sad that they usually have like lunch dates so that Carla could keep things just as friends. Mm-hmm. So they miss, missed their lunch date, so they moved yeah. it to dinner. Consistent about that, though. Do you think that they were suspicious of Carla at the time? I don't think so. No. Okay. He just I don't, like, I don't think still so liked her, I guess. So yeah. thought it'd be fun to have her come. When Napoleon is telling him that what he needs to do, he says that you need to start making angry outbursts about Uncle. So George figured this is the best way to do that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I was feeling really bad for her because once they go out to <laughs> yeah. dinner, she's just sitting there silently where right. uh, while, while George is just going on and on about how terrible Uncle is. I so remember what he says. <laughs> this is my favorite and, part. And, I like this part. I felt really bad yeah. for her. I was like, True. man, they just—they're just using her. She doesn't even know that she's part of this whole thing. That's true. That's a good point. They could have clued her in, maybe. Sort of. Yeah, she had no clue yeah. that. Or they could have used some other Patsy who wouldn't get their feelings hurt. <laughs> I mean, all she had to do was sit there. Yeah. As this going is yeah. going on, George is going on and on about Uncle. The woman next to him on the other side, because they're like at the bar, is like, oh, I know what you mean. My uncle owns this whole thing and won't even give <laughs> so-and-so a job. It's like, no, not not your uncle. Uncle, U-N-C-L-E. So this is why I think like I like the name of the organization where you could talk about it without being explicit that it's a spy organization. Yeah, you can tell this was made in the past, though, because New Yorkers nowadays would be like, just ignore him. Just <laughs> ignore him. Don't feed into him. Don't pretend he's talking. <laughs> I like how she like tried to engage with him, try to have a conversation, this total stranger, and he just totally blows her off. And so he keeps shouting about it. And then we notice that Napoleon's behind him. He just sort of appears, just That's like Yoya sort of appeared in the photo developing place. So they just sort of appear out of nowhere. And like he suggested George that, you know, maybe you're talking a bit too loud and everything. And then George punches him. <laughs> yeah. So you know what this reminded me of was Galaxy Quest. Oh, the part in Galaxy Quest where he says to Alan Rickman, remember episode 75? <laughs> and then they start to <laughs> pretend to argue that they fight. fight. Yeah. yeah. But I'm kind of like, George is yelling Napoleon Solo's real name and that he works for Uncle. Like, whose brilliant idea was that? <laughs> well, agents know Napoleon Solo and Ilya, so it's okay. They're like the two most famous agents, right? Yeah, they're always trying to kill them, but they, you know, always give them a lot of opportunities to, uh, to get out by making the... <laughs> By making the attempts at killing them as preposterous as possible. <laughs> your your Austin Powers, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> ridiculous death trap, and I'm not even going to watch them do die. Mm-hmm. This episode is especially egregious, but we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> when he punched um, George, oh, oh he yes, punched him into a girl, and I noticed that he lingered there a little bit longer <laughs> than he should have. Yeah, <laughs> Napoleon is a bit of a player. But yeah, okay. definitely got that, that element of the James Bond character going. All right. So in the next bet, they send George undercover because he's got a meeting set up with a Smirsh operative. They give him a pack of gum with a tracker hidden inside it. But the Smirsh operative immediately sees through it and attaches it to a nearby car. You know, and I think it's like, is the, is he, did he purposely get rid of the tracker in the situation? Or was it just because he's a bad field agent? I don't know. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> anyway, so... Back at uh, 
Uncle Bass, Ilya is having some very similar suspicions to the ones Kelly just mentioned. Is like, why did George put the gum on the wrong car if he was actually on our side? Yeah, they immediately assume George did it and not the bad guys, which is interesting. Why would the bad guys know about it? That's that's so, true. That's and point. he says it's either an accident or it's intentional, which so. Mm-hmm. And Carla comes in. She found that George had a mistake in his files. Apparently, during grad school, he was doing a study abroad at you know, a butt. He gets, still got the credits at his home university. So they think maybe that's where he got turned and was made into a thresh operative. Right. And the next thing we see is someone with a Waverly ring approaches a uncle agent at a, uh, at a newsstand mm-hmm. and you know activates the Waverly ring and tells him to give him the communicator. And so that gets reported back to Napoleon, but for somehow the guy didn't see who was had the Waverly ring. He just saw that, that they have a, had a Waverly ring, so he didn't see his face somehow. I don't know. Maybe he had a hat on and it was dark at night. Didn't I really don't make know. Sense. No. Yeah. Napoleon thinks it's George. It must be George. And so they're trying to contact Waverly to see if the Waverly gave George a Waverly ring. But they can't get in touch with him, even though he's supposed to just be in Japan. Apparently he's flying over the polar ice caps uh, and the Aurora Borealis is blocking communications, which is kind of nonsense, but okay, we'll, we'll go with it. Mm-hmm. Didn't they say something that made Carla seem, seem suspicious at this time? Like they mentioned it, like, oh, Carla would have been in a good place or something like that? Yeah, they do. So as they're trying to figure it out, they, they also they mention again File 40. Uh, and they're thinking about who has access to File 40 documents, and apparently Carla does. And so that's when they think, what, it could even be Carla. That's right. So George calls Napoleon and tells him to bring some File 40 documents, uh, specifically the headquarters security plans, to this facility that he's at. Super top secret. Mm-hmm. And so they're leaving headquarters, and Napoleon sets off the alarm as he brings something out. And then he says... Oh, it must have been this phone number I wrote down on Uncle Paper. And then, of course, Carla's there. She's like, oh, a special phone number. Judge Just like a woman to think of that stuff. Oh, I didn't even realize <laughs> that... that's what she meant by that. I'm saying what the show is saying. I don't actually believe that. <laughs> okay, okay, just to clarify, because the way you said that. Yeah, she's jealous, because Napoleon is so sexy. <laughs> If it was Henry Cavill in this, okay, I might agree. But, you know, it's just, uh, what's the the actor's name here? Robert Vaughn. You're not into Robert Robert Vaughn, Christian? I mean, you know what? We could just just leave this here. (laughs) No, that's fine. He's not your type, I understand. I think most people would say Ilya's the, the cuter of the two, though. That is true. I think he, if I remember, like, I have a weird amount of side knowledge about this show, having not seen the show, but I remember that he would get all the fan mail. Yeah, they weren't even going to make him a main character, except he was so popular that they were like, all right. So he's like the Mr. Spock to Napoleon's Captain Kirk is what you're getting at? Sure, yeah. I kind of like Napoleon. I like his personality. I like, yeah, I, I think he had more personality. Yeah, this, well, I would at least see, in this episode, yeah. It would be good to see an episode that's more focused on Ilya because I think they, they kind of take turns. You know, it's not always Napoleon leading the right. way with him just being the second player. So he gets out the phone number on the piece of paper, and then the poor la- the, the scanning tech is like, I'm going to have to you know send you through again. And then Ilya, this is where I, I, Ilya gets a little bit of personality because I liked how he did yeah. this. He like bullies the guy into letting Napoleon go, like, 
pulls rank and says, don't you see we're in a hurry? We have something as a B. And, you know, yeah, bullies the guy into letting him go without putting Napoleon through a second scan. Isn't this like a, a con man thing or like a yeah. spy thing where you give yeah. them something to find in the hopes that they won't find something else? Yeah, I guess a secret agent. I really liked what he said afterwards. And he was like, you know, I'm going to have to report that guy for letting me bullying him into not doing his job. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what Christian yeah. was getting at when he says we get some personality. And I yeah. appreciate that. Poor, poor tech. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at the development plant, Napoleon, Napoleon meets George. And George asked for the drawings, but Napoleon's like, what are you going to do with them? And he's like, well, you know, don't you trust me? And, like, and, and we find that there's also these armed thrush guards, including, I think, the guy, the one guy we keep seeing. Or is he, is he there? I don't remember. I think it's the same guy. He is, yeah. But this part was crazy. So they have, they both have guns. Yeah. Napoleon has no guns. And he just walks up to them and, like, fights them. He's like Batman. <laughs> It's just like, bam, bam, pow, no problem. So he knocks one of the guns out. I don't know what, and then I think he grows for the other guy. Like, they're fighting over it. George very slowly is, like, crawling towards the gun. Mm-hmm. Well, George didn't want to blow his cover. Yes, but Napoleon doesn't. Well, I guess he, yeah, I guess he, he should have thought that, but. Yeah, well, George was like, if I don't get to the gun in time, then I won't have to turn the gun on my friend. Uh, but right. he goes, he gets the gun, and then he, tur- like, Napoleon even says, like, wow, you took your time doing that. It was, and. George says, well, I didn't have to take your time because you seem to be outnumbered, and then put, turns a gun on Napoleon. Right. Yeah. And they go through a trick door in the facility. Then it wasn't clear how the trick door opens. Usually, like, with that kind of door, there's some sort of thing, like, you know, in Indiana Jones, they, like, hit the... Uh, what is it? Hit something on the side or other things. You pull a book. But that one just seemed to open when they were near it. Ilya is looking for Napoleon. Apparently, his communicator went off and, like, the communicator tech has been trying to get in touch with him but no response and george is showing napoleon his new digs and it's this big open like uh hotel suite like a really really, nice yeah really nice 60s design so a lot of curves and kind of me of like the james bond episodes where he gets captured you know and he's like you know they're showing off and like Mm -hmm. showing him in like a comfortable suite and everything you have some some scotch yeah and height of luxury yes so we find out that apparently the new Thrush facility that was in Japan, which is mentioned very briefly at the beginning in, in like the files that they're going through that they got from the photo place. So that was all a rumor. And so, and it's actually going to be built right here. They don't say where here is, but I assume it's New York because like stuff like this always happens in New York. Right. Napoleon guesses, oh, so this is the re- that's the reason why Bradford was killed because he was on to the fact that there was no Kyoto facility. And we find out, no. Bradford was killed to get Waverly out of the way so that Waverly would have to go overseas to Japan. Mm-hmm. Right. Because everything can happen as long as Waverly is not there. Right. He's got the Waverly rings. <laughs> Apparently so does everybody else, by the way. There's like four <laughs> Waverly rings. Maybe that's why they got rid of him, so everybody else could just go in and grab themselves a Waverly ring. I don't know. I think at this point, too, he validates that the, the file, right, is, like, actually the right file, which... Yeah, he does. Does that, like, kind of make you laugh that Napoleon just, like, grabbed, like, a real file and took it with him to meet with, like... Yeah. A potentially Super suspicious. top secret. Anyway, just well, kind of... doesn't make much sense. It doesn't, but <laughs> we talked about this very thing in, I think, in Mission Impossible and in Breach, mm-hmm. where in Breach, in the, the movie about Robert Hansen, 
they actually gave him access to all these all these things. They couldn't use fake files. They needed to catch him in the act of actually stealing something, which like, I know in our Mission Impossible one, I always, I'd address the criticism that, all right, why is he stealing the actual Noculus? Why couldn't he get a thing? It's like, this is like what happened in Breach is no less yeah. crazy than what happened in Mission Impossible. Fair enough. <laughs> so it's a thing that seems ridiculous, but is act- weirdly true to life. He might help them create this really dangerous uh, weapon. I'm not. I'm not defending the practice in real life. I think it's not a great idea. The risks that an intelligent agency has to do to to find out the culprit. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> George is saying, going on about how great it is to work at Thrush. You know, really nice here once you get to know them. And it's a little bit of an old home week because guess who else is in Thrush? Carla. It's Carla. This is my Carla. favorite. This is my favorite part. Yeah, why? <laughs> why is that your favorite part, Carolyn? Because <laughs> um, I feel like when Carla has been in the scenes up until now, she's kind of like this meek secretary that just kind of does whatever she's told to do. And she's always either talking about helping somebody or relationship stuff. And you mm. really see like a change in her demeanor and her persona where she's like this, you know, girl power in charge, get things done. Let's let's run this organization. and you know, do Project Windfall, and she kind of is a leader. So I think that, I thought that was a really interesting thing for the for the '60s um, mm-hmm. to kind of show both have... sides of a woman. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's good because it kind of takes like that stereotypical thing, which it, it, maybe she's actually been manipulating them. You know, which is mm-hmm. actually true. I think a lot of times women back then and even now, like sometimes you use those stereotypes, right, to to get information behind the scenes. So can't, um, can't miss a, well, that was the thing in like these old yeah, movies yeah. and stuff is you can have women in leadership positions, but they just have to be bad guys. Like Disney's a really oh. good example of that too. Interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way. And why do you think people like them so much? The original girl power. Yeah. Well, I mean like <laughs> also sense. Catwoman from the Batman 66. Right. Yeah. Do we ever find out what actually Project Windfall is because they mentioned a few times, but we don't really know what it is. Yeah, it's the plan to take over. Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's that's the plan. Right. And oh, I think we kind of skipped over this. Like, so Napoleon was trying to fake that he didn't bring the files, but he like they search him, and then George gives him exactly where it's in in like a secret compartment up his sleeve in like the mm-hmm. inside of his it's left cuff zipper pocket. Yeah, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Is that standard for probably uh, uncle agents to have a zipper pocket there? I think he's like the analyst guy. So my assumption was he'd be the kind of guy that would come up with those sorts of ideas. Yeah, he's kind of like the Q in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this part's important because it shows he's digging himself deeper in with the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was very disappointed in him. <laughs> so they <laughs> leave Napoleon in the room. They say they're going to leave Napoleon in the room because they've got big final meetings for Project Windfall. Um, and we, they reveal there's an electronic jamming field uh, in the headquarters, and also because he's known so much. And this is I like this as a like nice parallel to all right, they, you know George knows too much, so he has to be detrained. Napoleon knows too much, so they're just gonna have to kill him. And they say it in a very civilized manner, just like sort of just matter of factly, which I was amused by. Mm-hmm. But then it's like he has nothing to lose now. Why wouldn't he try to escape and take down as many of them with with him yeah. as he can? If yeah. every bad guy thought that way, we wouldn't have these great episodes. So. Right. <laughs> so the next part is right out of Doctor Who, where he bluffs this the guard. This is my favorite part. Yeah, the, the, the jammy dodger maneuver. Yeah. So he takes one of his cufflinks and he says it's 
a self-destruct device. Oh, you guys don't have one of these? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, it, it's it's and it's basically he's taking the principles of the Waverly Ring and saying that it's in his cufflink. And if I activate this, it'll blow up everyone in the room. The two guards who are left there are panicked. He throws it. Of course, nothing happens, but they distract him. So he's able to make a run through the door, which was not locked for some reason. They had guards. They don't need a lock if you have guards. <laughs> Goes through a hallway, and he's about to go through this one section, but he hears a hum, so he realizes there must be a like some sort of field or something, and he just crawls under it, presuming that it's only in one part, not the whole door. This part's so ridiculous. <laughs> you can see the little things on the That's door. true. You can see the, the, the uh, <laughs> activators between the two. That's fine, but then the guard runs into it and dies. It's like you don't know your own security <laughs> system, dude. Right. Yeah, the the laser beam. Yeah. Yeah. At least he didn't get like cut in half from or something. That's true. <laughs> he yeah, sees so- Napoleon on the other side, so he assumes Napoleon uh, turned it off. You that's know, a good point. We can go with that, right? Yeah, yeah sure. sure. We'll go with that. The other shouts, "Turn off the field!" And he goes through, and then Napoleon gives him a nice judo chop right to the neck. Then a bunch of I thought these were uncle guards at first because it's not clear, but then the, but then I see there's a patch with a bird on it. So oh, that's mis- these must be thresh. The patch has a bird on it. Thresh, I get it. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I have a question for <laughs> Kelly, which is the guns. What's the deal with these guns with like the thing on them? I don't know. They're just extra <laughs> cool looking. Funny you bring up. There is a gun called the Uncle Special, which we didn't see in this episode. Mm. which is like, like this gun, gun that you yeah so it's like a handgun that you can assemble into becoming like a long-range gun and that was what it, i remember there was a toys of that in the 60s of the uncle special oh it's fictional mm. it's not real yeah yeah oh i do like that there's a bluff here where they're all clustered around the unconscious guard and napoleon's like oh no he's in trouble i'll go for help or something like that uh-huh so he escapes, and the next bit reminds me of that part in Terminator 2, where he's on the chain. Except instead of going down into lava, he goes up to the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what is he doing? He can't escape it that way. But then I was like, oh, right, the jamming. He's trying to get above the field so he can mm-hmm. make communication. And he gets out just enough to say where he is, and that there's a door. But he doesn't get to say where the door is. Mm-hmm. And so we go to the next act, and we find out that Ilya got the message, but he doesn't know where the door is, so he's going to go over to the facility and try to look for the door. Mm-hmm. And Napoleon is going to get the new thrush disposal facility tested on him, which is going to wrap him in plastic, add weights to him, and then use jet propulsion to swoosh him to the bottom of the bay. <laughs> Very complicated. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they love having, like, these really intricate ways that they're going to kill Napoleon and Ilya. Like, <laughs> I think it's kind of funny because it's always, like, very violent, you know. But, of course, it also takes a lot of time. So gives them plenty of time <laughs> to escape in the meantime. Was that supposed to be a test for the legitimate hazard facility that they were supposedly in? Was that supposed to be the whole thing? I guess so. Sure. Because they're in a hazard facility. So I'm assuming that's the front for their organization. So Ilya arrives at the facility and he's looking around, doesn't see where any, where they could be. They take Napoleon to the disposal facility section and George is like, I don't want to look, I don't want to see this. Napoleon, you know, tries to pull some moves on Carla to get her close enough to right. him. As she does that, mm-hmm. he grabs the gun from her, tells George to close up the chamber that they would be put in, and he activates his Waverly ring. And then they also, both of them, apparently have Waverly rings. They, they both activate them to show that one of those two is not real. 
I didn't they understand what was happening at this point. <laughs> I had to pause it and be like, hold on. <laughs> they all have Waverly rings. What does that mean? Presumably means... one of them is the mole and yeah. has a fake one. But there aren't they all like pointing them at each other and like moving their hands in a circular no, what motion? What they're doing is they're rubbing the side of the ring, which activates uh, the ring. There's like a little sound. Uh, to give off the signal and have to light up. It was like something out of Captain Planet. <laughs> Threatening each other with it, I guess, right? Right. It was strange. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> I want to know why they didn't notice that they all had Waverly rings before. Like, <laughs> That's a good point. Rings. They look like alumni rings, like basically. A, yeah, like a college class ring or something. Yeah. yeah you'd mm-hmm. think they'd be more observant since they're spies, but whatever. <laughs> And it's not okay. like they could take them off and put them on to like only when they're, you know, want to show yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Both George and Carl are trying to make Napoleon believe that my ring is the real ring and that one's a fake one. So he like finally says, all right, you know what? Fine. You, Carla, you stand here. George, you stand there. All right, Carla, I believe you. George, take off your ring. I say, what? No, if you do that, no, doesn't matter. Take it off. You've clearly got the fake one. As he's trying to take it off of George, Carla runs away, which yes. proves that Carla knows that George's ring is real and that it will blow up. Oh, I think I missed that. Yeah. yeah. So George claims mm-hmm. to be a triple agent after all. And he also says oh, that the triple. drawings are real, but they're also useless. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're, they're useless because like the, it, they, he brought him like a weapon which doesn't work at all and would take months, which is not a long time. That, that was my thought. Like if, if it just takes a couple, or if it just takes months to get fixed, like that's not very long in this case. Right building things i liked the scene where they're each giving their arguments for why they have the real waverly ring uh-huh. i thought carla had a good argument and because one thing that bothered me was she brings this gun in and then napoleon just like takes it out of her hand right, right. like she's supposedly this trained thrush double agent and you know now they're making her to be this weak woman to your point earlier carolyn yeah um, so then yeah. I like that her one of her arguments, I think, is do you think I would have just handed you, like, let you just take <laughs> that gun from me if I wasn't on your side? And I was right. like, oh, that's a good point. But of course, right. you know, that's just her thinking on her feet. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. It's like a bad guy <laughs> thing that when you lose, you're like all part of the plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the next I have is they're like running around blowing up everything. Even though they've figured out that Carla's the mole they are still stuck in the facility. And so mm. Napoleon sends George to get all this flammable material and they light it on fire, creating a lot of smoke. I'm not part. sure what they were trying to do with this, but I figured it out. So Ilya, <laughs> on the other hand, is still in other parts of the facility. He's looking around. He notices smoke coming out of somewhere. There's also a point at this where Carla says, activate auxiliary power. Because <laughs> like, it sounded like something <clears throat> out of Star Trek. It did, yeah. Napoleon and George are wandering around, so it's very smoky. They can't really see anything, and they get caught by a bunch of thrush guards. And again, and they're about to gun them down when Ilya drops down behind Carla, just like wrestling with Carla. And Carla shouts, "Shoot him, idiots!" And then they shoot, but she's in the way, so she gets shot. It's a very sad, sad. kind of shocking death. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that. That's rough. But as soon as the guards shoot Carla by accident, Napoleon and Ilya shoot the guards. Oh my god, such a body count. John Drake would never approve of any of this. <laughs> yeah. So, 
last thing in the episode is Waverly says, it's your turn, Mr. Napoleon. And he's getting his ring taken off. And then he's crossing his fingers that he won't explode as he gets taken off. And that's the end of the episode. Oh, is that why he was crossing his fingers? I think so. He's terrified. I thought pretty, it was like much, a, yeah. I didn't really mean it. I'm the mole after all sort of thing or something. <laughs> that would be a twist if he was that the mole. <laughs> yeah, he's crossing his fingers in like a really weird way. Yeah. Like doing like hand signals. <laughs> like yeah. sign language. Also, but he yeah. had like this other ring that looked like it could have been a Waverly ring, but it was, I think it's just like a signet ring on his pinky. But it's like, is that another Waverly ring? I was like, no, I'm just reading too much into it. Ring of power. I keep trying to call this episode in my head like the ring of Waverly place. Lord <laughs> right. of the Rings. <laughs> All right, Zach, what do yeah. you have? No, that I I had what you had, so I'm okay. good. So one one more thing that I thought about the episode since we watched that first scene again at the end, that I felt like that woman in the drugstore with the gun was kind of foreshadowing that it was Carla, that it was going to be the mole after all, because mm-hmm. you know you're in this drugstore, you think it's just the suspicious guy at the desk, and all of a sudden this random woman who you thought was just a civilian comes out of nowhere with a gun. And you're like, whoa, a woman can be part of an evil organization? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they can. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so that is it for our episode recap. Next, we have Spy Fact versus Fiction. So I understand Kelly has some, or is Christian going to do it? I've got some, and Kelly can comment on it. As I know she has something to say. (laughs) So one thing which I have here is a bunch about the new uh, disposal facility they have. So it seems to be a variation of what's known as cement shoes or concrete shoes or also known as Chicago overcoat. It's a method of murder or body disposal, usually associated with criminals such as the mafia or gangs, Mm -hmm. where they weigh down the victim who may be alive or dead, with concrete and throw them into the water in hopes that the body will never be found. So there are actually some real-life incidents of this this happening, apparently, including the body of Philadelphia racketeer Johnny Goodman, who was found by crab fishermen in a New Jersey creek weighed down with an 18-kilogram block of concrete. Uh, But yeah, so more about the actual show. So Uncle stands for the United Network Command for Law Enforcement. Now, apparently, one of the creators, Sam Rolfe, actually wanted to leave the meaning of Uncle ambiguous, could, so it could either refer to Uncle Sam or the United Nations, but mm-hmm. concerns by the MGM legal department about using UN for commercial purposes resulted in the clarification that Uncle was an acronym, and it didn't have anything to do with the UN. I see. Oh. Yeah. I definitely feel like I thought about the UN and like, oh, okay, they're the international good guys and Thrush is the bad guys. So so speaking of Thrush, Thrush stands for the technological hierarchy for the removal removal of undesirables and the subjugation of humanity. Well, if you're going to dream, dream big. (laughs) And so Ian Fleming Fleming actually contributed to some of the concepts after being approached by the show's other co-creator, Norman Felton. And apparently he proposed the two character names, Napoleon Solo and April Dancer, who April Dancer, who was later spun off into the girl from Uncle Shell. The series, although it's fictional, achieved such cultural prominence that props, costumes, and documents, and a video clip are in the Ray, Ronald Reagan Presidential Library and Museum on, in, in the exhibit on spies on, and counter-spies. And similar exhibits are in the museums of the Central Intelligence Agency. He did love his movies. 
Kelly, did you have something else to say about the Ian Fleming thing? Say similar to what you said that you know Ian Fleming was involved in the creation of the Napoleon solo character, and they were actually going to call it Ian Fleming solo originally. Really, you know, I did not know to that. Take, but at the time, and and you're probably more familiar with this, the James Bond reference. Uh, there was a James Bond movie at the time that had Goldfinger. also had a solo yeah. character yep. in it. Mr. Solo, so yes. There was a. They were going to be sued, basically, and <laughs> kind of. They even had like Ian Fleming. I think had to like sign an affidavit saying that this was a unique character um, in order for the show to even like keep him as a character. Uh, but they had to agree to change the name of the show. Basically. Uh, I thought that was uh, really interesting. It yeah. I think that it has a different ring to it if it had been Ian, Ian Fleming. Fleming solo. <laughs> yeah. Ian Fleming solo, a Star Wars star. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the character Mr. Solo is in Goldfinger, and he's the one, if you remember Goldfinger, he's the one who all the criminals are agreeing to do the plan except for him, and so he gets his money now, and they send him with a, like a ton of gold, and then he gets crushed in like a car crush. That I do remember. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. I Yeah. Goldfinger is one of my favorites, even though it has that really sexist scene in it. Rape Which one? Scene. I mean, you know, the, rape, <laughs> the rape scene. Oh, oh, in the barn with Pussy Galore, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's not great. Yeah. Which, like, I totally don't even think I got, like, the first two times I saw that movie. Until I was, like, a little older. And I was like, oh, yeah. All right. Anything else mm-hmm. for Spy Fact First Fiction? No, I think that's it. All right. So now it is time for our favorite quotes. This episode was pretty quotable, has some good dialogue. What were some of your favorite quotes to start with, Carolyn? Well, I made Christian rewind so I could write down the contents <laughs> of the card that was that was written at the at the beginning. Um, when he's kind of acting crazy at the drugstore. So it was, uh, holy smoking, yomping, yiminy, have a birthday that's whiny and whiminy. <laughs> so I like that. It was just very silly. Oh, wow. <laughs> and very... Seemingly 60s. <laughs> Kelly? Kelly, how about you? I really liked when Ilya was uh, commenting on, you know, his need to report the security technician uh, for not doing his job, where he said, too bad, I'll have to report for allowing me to bully him into not doing his job properly. <laughs> I thought that was funny and, and kind of yeah. realistic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. a good one. Zach, you have, I have two, so hopefully you don't steal one of, or both. <laughs> I'll just do a couple one a couple from the beginning. Yeah. So when they're talking about the scanner, the, uh, guy, the text is. says it can detect a passionate grasshopper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wrote that down and forgot what the context was. So I was just reading through <laughs> my notes. And it said detecting a passionate grasshopper. Which yep. out of context that is also a great quote. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay. So I my so the, Zach, you did steal my other my, one of mine, but my other one was when they're uh, confronting, or when George is getting interrogated by Waverly, uh, Napoleon, and Ilya, and Napoleon's like, "I believe you, but if I'm wrong, you know, I'll personally spread your extremities across North America." Oh my goodness, that <laughs> is like, quite wow, a that's gonna dark. <laughs> Especially after he just said that he trusted him and knew he was his friend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of rude. So- <laughs> All right, so now it is time for our ratings on a scale of one to 10 martinis, one being the worst episode of TV you've ever seen and 10 being unbelievably amazing. How would you guys rate the Waverly Ring affair of The Man From U.N.C.L.E.? Um, I'm going to say six and a half. 
which I would say is a good rating. I definitely enjoyed it. It wasn't as, I don't know what adjective to use. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I enjoyed it and didn't find too many things cringeworthy like in other other 60s movies. Um, Yeah. So I I enjoyed it. All right, Kelly? Well, I'm I'm supposed to be the big fan, but I think I'd probably give it, I think I would just give it a seven because, I mean, I really enjoy the story and the plot, but I felt like there was some parts that got kind of long in this one that, that, you know, maybe it could have just been like a, you know, 40 minute episode. It would have been, I would give it like an eight and a half, but maybe a seven. All right. I will give it a six out of 10. I found this to be more engaging than some of the other TV shows we've watched. Like I like Secret Agent, but it is much slower in comparison to this. The stuff with the rings didn't make any sense and it kind of lost me. The hypnotism scene went on a little too long, but I liked that the triple agent, double agent, reverse, 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 that was all really good. So that's why I feel like. Yeah, I had some I good twists where you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I will mm-hmm. give this a seven as well. I like, I enjoyed the episode a lot. Definitely enjoyed. I'm looking. I'm looking actually at some of the other episodes or uh, other shows from the '60s that we've covered in this retrospective, and I'd rate it higher than like yeah, Danger Man or uh, the Prisoner. Well, actually, no, I've rated about the same as the Prisoner. But it was yeah. I liked you know the action wasn't necessarily great, but it was. I wasn't really focused on the action. I was really more focused on all right the twists and turns, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed the summer. Like there were some goofy gadgets, but. Not, not too much that was like made it completely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. Which I think is why I like this show. Have you guys done I Spy? Not yet. Um, you should do it. I mean, I know it's got Bill Cosby and all that, but it's... I really like that. That show I probably like even more than Man from Uncle. It's just been a long... It's been a longer time since I've seen it, mm-hmm. but um, I would definitely be... I don't know if we could find it anywhere, though, but... Yeah, it's definitely not as well known as some of these. Yeah, other. but it's like I don't know. Their relationship is really adorable. The two main characters. All right. Well, and and it's one of the first shows that actually has like a black character that is, um, you know, he's smart. He's the smarter of the two of them. He's more, you know, like he's more better educated than his counterpart character. Um, and I don't know. It's kind of kind of cool. All right, sorry. Cut this out. This is just no, me. Leaving no, leaving it. We're leaving it. <laughs> All right, well, when we do, it is on our list of things to cover. Well, actually, that and the movie are thing, on our list of things to cover. So whenever we do that, we'd love to have you back for those, Kelly. All right, sounds good. Yes, thank you to our guest stars for joining us. Is there anything else you want to say before we sign off? No, thanks for that. having me. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on social media at The Spy Fi Guys under your Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, I'm Zach. And I'm Christian. And we are the SpyFi Guys, signing off. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. The theme music is by Jer Fitzgerald and Big Man Joe. Media reviewed by our podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. This is a personal podcast. Any views, statements, or opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the participants. They do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the participants may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual. You can find our podcast on social media at The Spy Fi Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.